Well, we're here this morning to encounter Jesus, and that's what's been happening in this room. I was asking the Lord, like, what are you doing this morning, Lord? You know, I felt a little different this morning. He's like, I'm soaking hearts. God has been soaking our hearts this morning, and I believe he's preparing us for what's about to happen. There's already been so much that God has done in the room. And part of the word that we have this year is that we are in a year of supernatural multiplication. Can you say multiplication? multiplication. We're not just here to add this year. God, it's a year of supernatural multiplication for us. So I'm loving walking out how God is doing this. Well, I want to begin this morning with a story going back just a few years of, of some things the Lord did on a trip in Mexico. And um, I'm reading in, in some of my journals, and I want to encourage you that if, if you don't journal and write down things from your life, I want to encourage you to start. Your life is worth recording. There's things in your life. And, and you know, we, we always think we're going to remember all these things, but then you're like, how did, how did it happen? And I'm so thankful that my dad helped me learn it. In the fifth grade, my parents gave me a little journal with a key on it. And I, and I started writing journals, you know, they were really powerful ones like, today was a good day. I go back and read them and laugh, but it was a start. And so we had met a Sunday morning, we'd ministered in Reynosa, and I, was, I wrote here, the most exciting healing of all was an elderly lady who was completely deaf in her right ear. We prayed for her, and her ear was unstopped, and she was weeping because Jesus opened her deaf ear. Never go tired of Jesus working miracles. Her ear was healed, and she could even hear us whisper behind her when her other ear was closed. It was awesome. It was one of the first times I'd seen deaf ears open, and that's something that we've seen many, many, many times. We saw it even in our last time meeting in the park. We were praying for a younger lady's right ear, and it really seemed that we were getting nowhere. The Spirit told me to tell her to say this, yo perdonalos, I forgive them. And then I had her say, yo he perdonalos, I have forgiven them. And she repeated this with me and began to weep and was instantly healed in her right ear. All she did was just pray after me. I didn't know enough Spanish at the time to go into her life and ask her all what it was about that she forgave. She just repeated after me, I forgive, I forgive them. And her ear popped open. Now here's what happened next. We were praying for the left ear of a girl who was around four years old and it seemed again that nothing was happening. And I led her mother to say, yo perdonalos, I forgive them. And then, yo he perdonalos, I have forgiven them. And when she did this, something happened in the spirit realm and her little girl's ear opened up. The mother forgave. And the daughter's ear was open. Forgiveness is such a powerful weapon. I remember the season I was learning about deliverance. And guys, everything we read about in the Bible, you get to do those things. 
We all get to heal the sick. We get to cast out demons. We get to declare the kingdom of God. All of us, we get to live in this adventure. We're not just here on a ticket to heaven someday. Like you are living in a kingdom Jesus adventure. Well, I was learning about deliverance, and I, I was up almost all night trying to cast this demon out of this lady. You know, and you ever pray all night for deliverance for something, and it's like it just, there was no breakthrough. And I tried everything. I yelled, in the name of Jesus, you must come out now. And the demon didn't come out. I'd done the kind of the calm, cool, you know, demons aren't deaf, by the way. John Wimber used to tell us that. In the name of Jesus, you must come out now. You know, it's like, I'm calm, I know I have authority. And still no breakthrough. And I'd tried every variation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come out. And this had gone on all night. No deliverance. Finally, in the morning, the thought came to me. She needs to forgive. She needs to forgive her father. I lead her in a prayer. I forgive my father. Demons come out. I prayed all night. In Jesus' name, every variation of Jesus' name in every language I knew. And the demons didn't come out. But a simple prayer of forgiveness. The demons came out and she was set free. Forgiveness is such an empower, a powerful weapon of warfare. And I believe in this room this morning... I saw, actually even saw the Lord like redeeming stories, redeeming years. I believe there's going to be healings in this room this morning as we forgive. You know, forgiveness is not, a, it's not just a, a, a one-time thing. It's a process in our life. You know, they, they asked Jesus, like, how many times do we have to forgive? And what did Jesus say? He said 70 times 7. Basically, he's saying forgiveness is a lifestyle. Like, we live in a lifestyle of forgiveness. So, what is the most powerful weapon of spiritual warfare? I think it may be forgiveness and agreeing with what Jesus did on the cross through, through his blood that there is forgiveness. And I want to talk this morning and I want to lead you on a journey about the supernatural power of forgiveness. Colossians 2 15, and Andrew, I, I, I was about to read Colossians also. I, I was, uh, I, the exact same passage you read. Colossians 2.13, it says, When you were dead in your transgression and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all. Can you say all? How forgiven are you? <laughs> all. <laughs> That's very forgiven. And so... Your transgressions have all been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. And if God says forgiven over your sins, what right do you have to not forgive yourself? 
And this is where we're going to start this morning because there's some of you in the room and God's had us on this journey throughout this entire time of worship, soaking in his presence. That there's some of you in this place that the first step for you today is I forgive myself because God has forgiven me. If God has forgiven me and he speaks forgiveness over my life, I can agree and come into that place and say, okay, God, I forgive myself. And so I want to encourage you, and, and this is one of those messages that I believe things are going to be happening all through this time this morning, that, that if that's you, release yourself. I forgive myself. God, you say forgiven over me. I say forgiven over me. Can you say I am forgiven? Let's just say that. I am forgiven. I agree with the work of the cross. I do not agree with the accuser, but I agree with the power of the blood. To forgive is to come into agreement with the finished work of Jesus on the cross. It is to align yourself with everything that Jesus purchased on the cross. The work of the cross that Jesus did was enough. It was enough. It was enough for everything that's been in your past, everything that'll be in your present, in your future. Jesus covered it perfectly. Going on in Colossians 2.14, it says, Having canceled out the certificate of death, of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Wow. So Jesus has nailed our junk to the cross, and with that has disarmed the rulers and authorities and actually made a public spectacle of them, and he has triumphed. So see, the message of forgiveness, the devil hates the message of forgiveness because it points him back to the cross, to the finished work of Jesus, and that he has been made a public spectacle and that Jesus has triumphed over him. And this is one of the reasons it's so important for us to come into alignment personally. When you choose to forgive, you align yourself with the finished work of Jesus on the cross that disarmed and publicly humiliated the enemy. Forgiveness is so powerful. And, and the devil hates forgiveness. He hates it when we receive the forgiveness of Jesus. He hates it when we forgive other people. Because it reminds him that he has been disarmed and he has been made a laughingstock and defeated by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Paul, in, in 2 Corinthians, speaking to the church here, he says, If I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ, so that... No advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. And Paul is saying here, look, I've really made sure that forgiveness has come forth so that there's no place for the devil. As we forgive, we activate 
the work of the cross, the redemption of Jesus to restore everything the enemy has stolen. So, we must forgive as we've been forgiven. Anybody been forgiven? Yes. So I want to live in that place of forgiveness. I want to live in the grace of the flow of God's forgiveness in my life. So in that place, I have to forgive others. Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our debts. How? As we have forgiven our debtors. So I want to live in the grace of God's forgiveness over my life. And so for me to live in that place, I have to extend that same grace that God has given over my life, that he speaks forgiveness over me, and I'm going to speak forgiveness over you. And that's a, that's a settled thing in my heart, no matter what. In Matthew 18, Jesus is telling a story, and he tells a story of a man who was forgiven much, and a slave comes to him who had just needed to be forgiven a little bit. And the man says, no, I don't forgive you. And basically, when you look at that story, it says, his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the tortures until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It's pretty, Jesus is pretty intense about forgiveness, isn't he? And it's interesting, even in the Lord's Prayer... Jesus tells, goes through the whole prayer, and we have the part we read in Matthew 6 about forgiveness a minute ago, and actually comes back and spends two more verses on forgiveness. He's like, okay, yeah, here's how I want you to pray, and then he comes back and says, and I really want you to know this forgiveness thing is powerful. Don't, don't leave it out of your life. It, it is so powerful. So when you look at this in this story, a talent was about 15 years wages and so basically, if you, add, if you do the math on this story, this man had begin, been forgiven about $3 billion, and he would not forgive someone who owed him five dollars to $10,000. I've been forgiven $3 billion. $10 billion. I will forgive $5,000. <laughs> 10,000, 20, whatever it feels like. Because he's forgiven me. There's no question that I'm going to live the rest of my life, no matter what happens. It's already settled that I've been forgiven and I am going to forgive. And I want to talk some even about how, yes, that can be a process, but forgiveness is always a faith step. It's a faith step in agreeing with the cross. And you step into that river of God's forgiveness, whether you feel like it or not. We never, we don't, we don't wait until I feel like there's forgiveness. And, and you can come back at me and fire it back at me and say, well, Steve, doesn't your heart have to be there? Yes, your heart has to be there. But I step into the river of God's grace of forgiveness knowing that he will get my heart there. And so I begin forgiving in faith because I know I've been forgiven. I know Jesus told me to forgive. I know that when he commands something, he always gives the grace for it. So I step in and I begin to forgive you right now whether I feel like it or not. 
I begin to forgive you even though I'm in a place of pain and I may not even totally know what's happened or what's going on or everything that's transpired. I begin to forgive and I let the grace of forgiveness begin to flow through my life. And I've had days where I have been most wounded that I have probably forgiven 500 times in one day. I just, I just walk around, something comes up, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. Just, just say it in the room right now, I forgive. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. And, and in that process, you know what? Forgiveness begins to work in my heart. And I agree with what Jesus did on the cross. I forgive that it's right. And I begin to experience even healing inside of me as I step into that river of God's forgiveness. You can go to every counselor in the world, but you will not be free until you forgive. Period. And I believe there's going to be some more freedom in this room this morning. So what does the world say about forgiveness? It's fascinating just the different studies that are going on out there. Um, one of them, it says that uh, as people forgive, they, they not only tend to have less stress, but also better relationships Fewer general health problems. Guys, this is the world figuring this out. What we've always known from the scriptures. Lower incidence of the most serious illnesses, including depression, heart disease, stroke, and cancer. Why? Because not forgiving, nursing a grudge is so caustic, said Dr. Fred Leskin, PhD, a health psychologist at Stanford. It raises your blood pressure. This is talking about unforgiveness. It raises your blood pressure, depletes immune function, and makes you more depressed and causes enormous physical stress to the whole body. I feel heavy just reading that. <laughs> like, I don't want there to be any of that, any unforgiveness. The latest research findings suggest that forgiveness works in several ways. One is by reducing the stress of unforgiveness. Listen to this description of unforgiveness. A toxic mixture of anger, bitterness, hatred, resentment, and fear of being humiliated or hurt again. Can we just say that we don't want that in our lives? And we're going to come out of any place of agreement where it's in our heart. And sometimes, you know, and I believe the, the Holy Spirit is just going to be bringing up some stuff. And as stuff comes up this morning, again, Lord, I choose to forgive. I forgive. I forgive I forgive. I, I don't want that in my life. Last night, in one of my dreams, I was actually smelling something. And uh, something really strange in this whole season. I mean, I don't know that I ever had COVID, but I just want to say, like, my smell has been more than ever before. Like, I, I'm, I've never had a dream where I remember, woke up in the dream remembering the smell of the dream. And I remember the smell. It was a moldy smell. I, I woke up and I was smelling every, I was smelling my shirt. I was smelling my pillow. Like, where did that smell come from? And nothing smelled like that smell. And this morning I said, Lord, what is it? What is it? He said, it's the mold of unforgiveness. And I don't want any of that in my life. I don't want any of that smell. I don't want any of that toxic mixture of anger, bitterness, hatred, resentment, and fear in my life. Jesus died so we can be free. These negative emotions have specific physical consequences, including increased da 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 I'm not going to read all that today. Sounds almost like one of those uh, commercials on TV. <laughs> and taking unforgiveness may cause death, may cause... 
all right, I'm not going to take it then. <laughs> so, so what is forgiveness? <laughs> forgiveness is making yourself and acknowledging that you're responsible for how you feel. It's becoming a hero instead of a victim in the story. That's interesting. We're back to the story again. Kind of some themes developing here. It's learning to take wrongs less personally. It's a trainable skill, just like learning to throw a baseball. It is a choice. It's something we're going to become really good at. Forgiveness is not forgetting that something painful happened. It's not excusing or condoning the poor behavior, and it's not denying or minimizing your hurt. All right? These are some of the kind of toxic ways that sometimes we, in relationships, that we get these ideas about forgiveness that, hey, I have to say that you didn't hurt me or something. No, no, forgiveness is because I was hurt. And forgiveness is because something did happen. And, and so forgiveness is not necessarily reconciling with the offender. Do we want reconciliation? Yes. But the Bible says, if possible, be at peace with all men. It is not always possible. It is not always waiving the right to justice or to compensation. There still may be some responses and some things that need to happen with forgiveness. There still may be some other things that are a part of it. And it's not always easy. Forgiveness is a faith, heart, choice, not a feeling. Forgiveness, I love what Chris said, forgiveness rewrites our history it frees us from our lives being defined by our wounds. Such a good quote from Chris Vallotton there. You know, as, as we forgive and we give those wounds to the Lord, I was up here playing the piano. Was, this was back a long time ago. We used to have a, a, a real piano here, not, not our fake pianos that we play now. You're a real piano player on a fake piano. I know, I did. I bought that very fake piano. <laughs> Do you forgive me? Okay. All right. We're making progress here this morning. <laughs> you feel freer now? I do. I do. Yes. Even just you're saying that. Okay. So my story. <laughs> I was up here and I was playing and I was worshiping the Lord. And he said to me, he said, I love your scars. Every single one of your scars to me is a victory medal of something that you let me bring you through. I love your scars. God is not ashamed of your scars. And as we give him our past, we give him our pain, he takes that. And we still remember it and still have the scar there where, where it was that shows it happens but it's not something I'm ashamed of, and it's not something my father is ashamed of. It's a victory story, and it's a victory medal. So, we're going to forgive ourselves, right? We're going to forgive others because we've been forgiven. But I want to help you this morning. I want us to take it a step further because there's, there's a place we can go in this as we go further that releases incredible blessing. And that comes as we forgive 
and say bless. Bless. All right. So the story's in the, in the book of Job. Job 42.7. <laughs> it says, it came about after the Lord had spoken these things to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, what you do when you don't know a name in a Bible is you read faster. <laughs> Just crash into it. You may totally mess it up, but only one or two people in the room are going to know. That was, that was, that was free. <laughs> My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends because you have not spoken to me what is right as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? They were not having to make some sacrifice today. But the sacrifice has been done on the cross. And I don't have to go try to find some bull and try to offer up something or do some work or something that we live in the time when the cross, the finished work of Jesus is complete. Offer up a burnt offering for yourselves and my servant Job will pray for you. For I will accept him so that I may not do with you according to your folly because you've not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Naamathite, oh, got it, yeah, went and did as the Lord told him, and the Lord accepted Job. Verse 10, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed. Say, when he prayed. When he prayed for his friends, and the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Now, Job's friends had wronged him. He had been in a really bad place, and they came. They agreed with the accuser. It wasn't right. Job even prayed and blessed his friends, and he experienced incredible restoration. Um, they came, there was a relationship of relationship, they comforted him, they gave him gold, all kinds of things happened here. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Anybody signed up for that? I'm signed up for that right there. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys, and 50 Teslas. And he even had seven sons. It's because he needed them. Because he, anyway, he had seven. I just won't even go down that. He had seven sons and three daughters. And in the land, no women were found so fair as Job's daughters. And their father gave them inheritance among their brothers. Now I want you to see this right there because that did not always happen in their culture. Like there was even restoration as far as gender that not only did sons get inheritance, but daughters got inheritance. That's incredible restoration for that time. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his grandsons four generations, and Job died an old man and full of days. All right. So, like, all right. So there was twofold possession increase, there was relational reconciliation, financial favor, family restoration, gender restoration. There was inheritance even to the daughters. And there was health restoration. And what did Job do? 
that released this restoration. He prayed, he forgave, and he blessed when he prayed for his friends. That's going to happen in this room this morning. And there's some of you that you've forgiven, but I believe the grace of God is coming on you today to bless those who've wounded you. And I want to tell you some stories. I want to help you know how, help you know how to do this this morning. Because I, I was used to hear, even, even it was like, how do you bless your enemies? You know, how do you bless when people have, have come against you? And, uh, you know, I've, I've often, well, what would have happened if Job did not pray for his friends? I mean, the story could have been different. So, so I rewrote the Bible. I, I don't suggest it at all. Um, and Job did not forgive and bless his friends. Every day his heart became harder and harder, and he became more bitter. Verse 2, the wrong version. Job and his family were not restored and remained sick and in bondage and in great poverty. The inheritance God had for Job was never restored, and Job's children became slaves to pay their debts. And this, I just want to preach on this verse for a minute. <laughs> One of the most important reasons that I want to forgive is because I want my kids and my grandkids to have the full inheritance in God. And I don't want something in my life to hold back the next generation. And what I do, I know affects generations. And the longer you live, the more you realize you're not going to be here forever. And that your life really is about giving in to the next generations. Job's friends remained in bondage until the day of their death. And thank God that's the, not the way it happened. So Job, at that moment entered into a new season. I really want you to hear me on this because I, I got some really fresh revelation on this this week. The entrance into a new season often involves walking through forgiveness opportunities. Job had been through a really hard season, but he was on the verge of something new, something incredible, something miraculous but in bridging into that new season, he had his friends who were accusing him, and he had to step through the place of accusation, and he chose to say, I forgive you, and I bless you, I pray for you. And he walked through those tests. Many times there are going to be significant opportunities for us to forgive right on the edge of a new season. And we can choose to forgive and step into the new season or to be tethered to our past season through unforgiveness. And I don't want to stand on the verge of this new season of amazing restoration of things that God is about to do and hang on to some things from my past. That, well, that wasn't right. They did that against me. They said that. They did this. And be tethered to the past season because I will not forgive. I choose to forgive. Are you with me? Job chose to forgive and bless and was thrust into a new season of incredible supernatural restoration. 
we had a season where we were praying for a new home. We were asking the Lord. Our kids were getting a little bit older, and we thought, you know, our kids are getting to be teenagers. We wanted to have a home where people would want to come. We thought, okay, let's get a swimming pool, um, a good thing to have in Texas. We thought we also want a yard, and we were having trouble finding a house with a swimming pool and a yard. It's like the swimming pool was the yard, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so we were really praying. It, but in this season, there were significant opportunities to forgive and also for people to forgive us. Believe me, as I, I tell this story, the, you know, the more I look back, like, um, but there were a lot of opportunities we had to forgive. And um, I was forgiving probably as much as at any time, maybe 500 times a day, it felt like. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. If you'd punch me out, I said, I forgive, I forgive. You know, I just was walking around saying, I, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. And, and I remember that on days when forgive, unforgiveness would rise up in my heart, like, I can't believe it, I can't believe they said that. Do not translate that. <laughs> on those days when I would say, I forgive, like, I mean, it would really rise up. There would be miracles that opened up towards our new home. I mean, like one day we needed miracles with, we needed this whole thing to come through. We needed to close on a house in, I think it was like four days. And everyone's like, you don't close on a house in four days. It doesn't happen. Well, I want to tell you it happened. And God can do things. There, you can close in four days if you, if you know people who can do several steps at once. And people did several steps at once for me. So, oh, yeah, this person can make not. Most people can't do this, but this person can do it. Bam. I, I said, I remember, I remember just like I was driving. Like, I forgive, I forgive. And boom, a miracle of we were able to close on a house in four days to, to get into this new house. All kinds of things happened. The house wasn't on the market. Boom. Somebody says, hey, we think this house is for you. And, and, and we got it before it opened up on the market. It had a... Not only did it have a pool on a separate lot, it had a pond. And it had where I could run on trails right by the house. And one day I was, I was driving down the road, and I, I was wrestling with forgiving, and the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to bless them also. I was like, well, um, I forgive. <laughs> what? Because, <laughs> you know, you can forgive, but you can kind of, like, you know, maybe as they go down the road, maybe they kind of need a hard time, you know? Maybe their life doesn't need to look too impressive, but I forgive them. <laughs> and here's what the Lord showed me. He said, 100 years from now, nobody is going to care what they said against you or the things they did against you. All that is going to matter is my kingdom. And I need you to bless them so that they can be everything they need to be in the kingdom while they're on this earth so that people can come to know me. That's all that matters 100 years from now. 
And that was a moment of revelation that changed my life. And in that moment, I was able to say where I had been wrestling with forgiving, I was able to say, I bless them. God, would you bless them to be everything they need to be in the kingdom for people to come to know you? I bless them. And the grace of God just flowed to bless people. And so this has been something I've been practicing now for years. And think about it. Our real enemy is not the person. Your enemy is the devil. So why would I want to hold something against you that even gives the devil more opportunity? One day, uh, my son Matt had been wanting a, a red Honda Prelude. Anybody ever drive a Prelude? Yeah, one? And, and he'd been wanting a red Honda Prelude. We'd been looking all over the Metroplex. We drove down to Austin to have Thanksgiving with some relatives. And it just so happens that in Austin, there was an amazing red Honda Prelude. So we made a little extra time on Thanksgiving Day, went and bought the Prelude. Um, I, I got to drive it back. And I was driving back. I was all the way to my normal gas station here in the area. I drove into the gas station. For some reason, I went in to the gas station, came back out, and somebody had backed in to my red Honda Prelude that I had for my son and had put a huge dent in the side in the fender and driven off. And it was like this wonderful day. All of a sudden, it's that, ugh, that feeling of you've been violated. There were no security cameras, so we could find the person and bless them. <laughs> I said, Lord, what do I do? And here's what, here's what I prayed. I said, Lord, whoever this is, I forgive them and I bless them. And I bless this person to become someone who spreads the gospel of Jesus everywhere they go. And I just felt like there's a call in this, whoever this was, that where God wants to take them is he wants to make them into an evangelist to spread the gospel. And so I just began to pray that. And every time it came up, I mean, it was about $1,000 to get it all fixed. And, and every time it, it came up, I was like, Lord, I bless that guy. Wherever he is, I bless him that he's going to be an amazing spreader of blessing and of the gospel in Jesus' name. You are not going to smash into my car and get away with it. You're going to be blessed in the kingdom in Jesus' name. I still go to that same gas station many times. It doesn't come up very often now. But when it comes up, Lord, I bless him to be a great spreader of the gospel in Jesus' name. Now, I haven't met him yet. I'll let you know when I meet him. Maybe we'll have him in to help spread the gospel because I believe my prayers are effective. And I believe when we bless in the kingdom that, that God is faithful to those prayers. Yep. God has no desire to bring you back to normal. 
<laughs> he wants to bring you an increase in the kingdom. He had no desire to bring Job back to his normal place. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to wrap this up this morning. There is an ending to this. You, you can go ahead and forgive me. <laughs> I am forgiven, and so I forgive others. But I not only forgive, I also bless. And then I get to go declare forgiveness. Jesus commissioning his disciples. He came in the room and he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what is he going to say next? Here's what you're going to do in the power of of the Holy Spirit, I send you out to declare forgiveness of sins. If you forgive sins, their sins have been forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they've been retained. You were sent out to declare and release the forgiveness of the cross over the world around you. And in the book of Acts, there's several times, even as they were, as they were speaking the gospel, it says they were declaring forgiveness. We get to go out as forgiven people, as people who are beginning to live in the restoration that comes as we forgive and bless. We get to go out and we get to give it away. Let's stand up this morning. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the way you've been moving in this room, for what you've said about our stories. Thank you for the way you've been marinating our hearts. Jesus, you say forgiven over me, and I say forgiven over me. Let's just say that I am forgiven. Let's say this, Lord, I receive the fullness of your forgiveness. I am forgiven. Steve, I forgive you. I don't repeat that. <laughs> you can't repeat that. But say your name and say, I forgive you. Speak it out. Steve, I forgive you. I agree with what the Father says over your life I forgive you I forgive you I forgive now some of you something has come up where you know maybe you're, you're, you've stepped into a beginning part of a process of forgiveness but you're still in that and you just need to keep declaring I forgive I forgive, I forgive. Right now, just release that in your heart. I forgive. Some of you, you're still, you're forgiving, you're forgiving parents for things that were, that were wrong. And the grace of God is there to forgive.
And I saw this morning, as we forgive parents, I saw it's like where our parents chose not to take generation, generational inheritance, that as we forgive them, we say yes to that inheritance. And so, Lord, we forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. You've forgiven me. I forgive. Jesus. And now we have the opportunity to bless. This is where I know there's a lot of you in the room. You've never prayed for blessing over those who've hurt you. Bless them right now. Just do it. Just bless them. Bless them. Bless them to know Jesus. Bless them to know restoration. Bless them to know his healing. Bless them to be all they need to be on this earth for for, for the the destiny that God has for their lives to be fulfilled so that people can know Him. I bless, 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 I bless. I still feel like there's some things even that there's been like generational offenses that some of your parents spoke against certain people and they did this and they did that. And yours is the opportunity now to say it goes no further in our family. That we're going to take hold of generational inheritance and not generational bitterness and unforgiveness. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. And I bless, I bless, I bless, I bless, I bless them to know you, Jesus. I bless them to know freedom. like chains are breaking all across this room right now. I, I, I see someone even like there's been some things held up with some uh, medical insurance benefits and you've, you've spoken forgiveness and we just declare a loosing of, of those benefits and even beyond in Jesus' name. I feel like there's a number of people that physical symptoms of pain you've had in your body are leaving as you choose to forgive I told you a story earlier of deaf ears being healed just by the declaration of forgiveness. Well, God's not just back then and God's not just back there in Mexico. He's here right now to do the same thing. He's here to heal. He's here to restore hearing. He's here to restore backs. He's here to renew. He's here to remove arthritis pain. And I feel like there's some of you in areas where you've had pain, you just need to begin to move. I'm seeing like a left hand right now. In Jesus' name, just begin to move it right now. And we just declare restoration, restoration of joints, 
and freedom from pain in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to go try to offer up some kind of sacrifice. But Lord, we're forgiven. And we get to freely give it away. And I want to bless you as we leave here today that you go out and you release as Holy Spirit breathes over you, as Jesus blew on them. When he said, receive the Holy Spirit and go and give away forgiveness. Forgiven. Just speak that out. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. There's forgiveness in Jesus' name.